Thank you, Brother Joseph. Shall we bow our heads just a moment for prayer? Our Heavenly Father, as we come now to the end of the day, to the end of this campaign, we are grateful to thee for thy goodness to us. We are unworthy of the things that you do for us, but we bow our hearts in gratitude and adoration to you, and we pray that you'll smile upon us tonight and say it was well done. The healing service is coming up, Lord. A group of people like this, there's many in here that's sick and needy, and I pray, Father, that somehow that you'll heal every one of them tonight. And may there not be a feeble one left in our midst at when this service closes. May you just spread forth your great arms and take them all into thy bosom and show unto them, Lord, thy love and the sinners that here. Oh, God, we pray that you'll save every one and call back to the fold those who have strayed away. And we'll bow our heads and give thee praise. For we ask it in the name of thy dear, beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You be seated. It's always a great pleasure to be in Lane Tech High School in Chicago, Illinois, and with my dear beloved friend Joseph uh, Bose, Brother Einar Edberg, Brother um, and these other brethren, and with all you dear people. And I very heartily thank to all of you for your time. It, it was just, I was thinking just a few moments ago, I wish I could uh, put on a list of names of all who had gave me a birthday present. Why, I'd have a sheet of paper like that. And I, now, I just want to say this sincerely. You, you understand what I mean. A heartily, God bless every one of you. And I was on doing one of the little packages a while ago, and a little pair of rompers stopped for my little Joseph. And I, oh, I, I just, something in my heart. Did you ever get to a place where you couldn't express what you wanted? And the only thing you know to do is just say, God bless you. That's all I, I can say. Thanks a million. Now, tonight, the closing of this campaign, I'm always happy to be with the Chicago people. I wish all the Chicago people were just like me at your Lane Tech tonight. And I'm sure they are if they would just get acquainted with the same Jesus that you know. They'd, there would not be... If everybody in Chicago was like the the people in the lane tech tonight, I believe that we could just send all the police out on a vacation. <laughs> just open up all the jails and say, well, there's no need of fooling with them anymore. Scrap them. And uh, we'd have, there would be peace in this valley here for everyone. Someday it will be that way, friends. And we're looking for that day. That great day when Jesus shall come the second time to receive those who have become his servants. I want to be included in that number that day. And then that he has loved me and forgave me of my sins and has given me a little way uh, that I appreciate to help win others to him. Sometime this afternoon, I maybe my, I overestimated maybe. But maybe 20 people or more accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Oh, that thrills my heart to see that. 
just makes me feel so good. And know that according to God's Word, when their hands went up to accept Christ, and I believe it with deep sincerity, every one of them Jesus brought into his kingdom today. He can't take his word back. He promised he would do it. And he said, No man can come except my Father draws him. And if the Father was here drawing them to Jesus, and they come and said, I now want to accept him, then there's nothing left but they're just accepted. That's all. Now, that brings you to the into the uh, believers. That includes you now as a Christian believer. And now I would do this uh, to give you advice. I wouldn't stop here. I would ask God to give me the Holy Spirit to baptize me into the church, into the body of believers by the Holy Ghost, and to make me a co-worker in his kingdom with him, and join some good church. Just don't stay away from church. Go out to some church and help the fellowship of that church. And that's for all you who have been saved in, in these meetings. Now, I think Brother Oral Roberts, I was going to announce this meeting, but I think he's closing tonight also. And um, I don't know whether Brother Freeman is going to close tonight or not. He starts tonight. He starts tonight. I'm sorry. Um, don't get the itinerary of these brothers. I, the only thing that I have is just oh, I don't have a magazine of my own. Brother Joseph, he's kind enough to let me use his magazine for the um, by my itinerary and articles that, to be printed. My son, Mr. Woods, was telling me some of them a few moments ago when we come in the door. They had had some wonderful testimonies of the healing power of our Lord Jesus. To that I am grateful. I think it's worth every effort. My wife and babies and them will smile when I tell them that souls came to the Lord Jesus and people were healed. We know what it is to suffer. We have sickness in our own family. Uh, when one of the little ones gets sick and things, wife and I just take them into the room, lay them on the bed, put our arms around each other and get down before Father and say, Father, you gave us the children now. and. We are we're at our wits end. We don't know what to do. And we ask you, if you'll be so kind as to heal them of this sickness that Satan's put on. He hasn't failed us yet. And I don't believe he will. We love him for this. And then, being that he helps us, we love to tell you about him. Maybe if you did not know it, he wants to help you. His, his love is free to all. And the Lord grant tonight that each suffering person... When I stand here at this microphone, each time when I stand and look and see people sitting there and I see them clamoring, if I could only see, and I look like I'd have just called some up to pray for, and I think, well, what of this? What's it about? Am I trying to help the people? I've often wondered if the old fast line of we used to have to lay hands on them. If that worked better. I'm trying to get one thing to the people. That is, that me or any other man to touch doesn't mean so much. What it is, is for your faith to touch him. That's where it's at. And I, with a sincere heart, I, I really mean that. I want to see you get help. And, and God knows my heart. I do everything that I know how to do. 
if I was fixing the next two seconds to pitch over this platform and be taken to the morgue, I'd try with all my heart to help God's children, because I love God and I love His children. I can't love God without loving His children. And if I love the children, I'm, as a father would be, I'm trying everything I know how to get them to believe on Him for help, to make burdens a little lighter, make life a little sweeter to you, because it's short. Not very long we're going to stay here anyhow. And what it is, we have to stand it in misery where Satan has bound us down. I like to tell the message, the good news, that Jesus come to liberate you from these things. And to see him do it for so many, I, well, I can't believe God to be a respected person. I believe he would do it for all who would believe it. And that's why we're here. Pray for me. We drive home tonight, probably get home around 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. And I uh, got to be in Louisville at 8, and then a oh, real busy day tomorrow, and then pack up again tomorrow night and leave for, for Columbia, South Carolina. Then into Spindale, up into Charlotte, and from there up to Anchorage, Alaska, back into Annapolis, Indiana, and over perhaps to Minneapolis and the next service. And so you'll pray for me, won't you? And I'm not sure yet of going overseas on this after the June of this year, but if the Lord should call me and wherever I am and the battle gets heavy and I have a lot of opposition, I have things that I, I couldn't tell you people. I don't tell nobody. I just keep that to myself. And many times that I stand here sometime merely with a broken heart, and look over the audience and see people that I'd think, oh God, that lovely person, how could they think that in their hearts? And it makes me feel bad, but I just keep on anyhow. So when I'm, you'll pray for me, won't you? I'll pray for you. And if I can ever be of any help to you, well, write me a letter if you need a prayer cloth or call me up for me to pray with you. I'll do it. Uh, never be too sleepy or too tired. Or I'll do my best to help you. And if you should pass over before we see again, I want an appointment with you to meet you over there someday. By God's grace, I'm on my road. And I. And if you're not tonight, may you make this night your decision time that you will make your choice in Jesus Christ. God bless you. Now, in the reading of the gospel, I was telling... Pastor Bose just a few moments ago, and I want to express again outwardly uh, my gratitude and appreciation to Pastor Bose. I, you know, we are all we are we have our ups and downs, and there's sometimes that we have our ins and outs, as we call it. But uh, Brother Joseph has proven to be my friend in all kinds of weather. And I, I love that all-weather friend, don't you, whether you're right or wrong. And I appreciate Brother Joseph. I, I, he didn't know I was going to say that and probably would have stopped me if I was going to say it, but I'd rather give him a, a little rosebud now than a whole reef after he's gone. And I appreciate Brother Joseph Bose and um, his relative, Mrs. Mike and Roby the great work that she's doing in Germany for those poor little children. In Shreveport the other day when I met her down there, 
and she was out soliciting and doing everything she could to support them poor little refugees in Germany. And she gave me some papers, and I happened to put them in my pocket. And at home, you know, when you go home, how your little kitties are, they want to search your pocket. Daddy, did you bring me something? No matter what it is, they're expecting something. And they picked up these papers, and I seen little Rebecca in there reading it. And she come back, she said, Daddy, did you see these little fellows when you was overseas? She said, maybe I could give them one pair of my shoes. I said, honey, Daddy will just give some of his love offerings and things like that to help it so that we can send over to help those people. You know, Jesus said, I was needing clothes and you didn't clothe me. I was hungry and you didn't feed me. So we want to remember those things. God bless that young lady. I was thinking today of her as she went down to the broadcast. Uh, nice-looking young woman, and, and she's scholarly, educated, one of the best nurses we got in the, the nation, to my opinion. Or I believe she is a, a Atlas Stevens, wasn't it? Private nurse or something. And a woman that would sacrifice everything and go to a country to give her life for the Lord Jesus. That means a whole lot. That has to come from God to do that. And I certainly admire this young lady. Now, I want to read two parts of the Scripture and just take a few moments, then we'll start the prayer line. Because uh, not to take up your time and we're in a hurry to get going back and then pray for some of the sick. Over in St. John, the 17th chapter, and the first verse, these lovely words of our Savior. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, and thy Son also may glorify thee. And in Revelations, the first chapter, and the first two or three verses, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto the saints things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, whom bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of the, this prophecy and keep the things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. I would take, if it was for a text, for just a few moments, the time is at hand. You know, this was the revelation that God gave to his age seer, the last of the prophets of that age, of the original prophets that was with Jesus, John, believed by many theologians to be the John the Beloved who leaned on his bosom. And he had been exiled out into the Isle of Patmos for the word of God's sake. And he was a man who one time, after following the Lord Jesus along, he was a man who wanted to burn down the city because that they refused to give him some food. Said, shall we call fire out of heaven? But how that God had changed him since Christ had left the outside of him and come inside. And he was out on the Isle of Patmos, known as uh, the lover of the New Testament, John the Beloved. 
and exiled out there for preaching the word. And he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and God sent an angel and testified to him the things that was to come. In other words, he laid down the fulfilling of all things that's to be met in the last days is prophesied, and the book was sealed. Nothing else can be added to it or nothing to be taken away from it. And as we read this marvelous book of Revelations, there's been in my home church, I've taken once almost a year and a half to go through it slowly each night teaching on just the book of Revelation and comparing it with the rest of the Bible and the ages and so forth that had passed on. Now, there's time for all things. That's an old American slogan, and it's true. There's times that when you have to break your ground to plant your crop, there's times that you have to sow your seed, then there's time that you reap your seed. There's times that nations has to begin. There's times that nation has to end. And the time that every fellow has to come to a time where you make a decision. There's got to be a time where you make your decision of whether you're going to be married or not. Then the decision that you and your girlfriend has to make whether you are going to live together or get married or not. There's all kinds of decisions to be made in life. And they'll linger along for a certain period, and then a time comes where it's got to be settled. That's the last time. It's got to happen now, one way or the other. And Christian friend, I believe that we're living in the end time. That when all things that was written in the Bible, it's time now for all these things to come to pass. And I believe that the very things that we see happening now, it's just exactly in season with God's Word. Now, there was a time when God made the heavens and earth and put man on the earth, and then when man began to multiply and wax great in the earth, building cities and many people began to be fully populated, wickedness set in among the hearts of the people. And the time came where God had to send judgment. God set a time for that judgment. And then he also had a preacher of righteousness by the name of Noah who preached a hundred and twenty years and was turned down by everyone except his own family. Then the time come that what Noah had prophesied through God must come to pass. And the Andalusian destruction taken place, and God floated the ark through, preserving himself a seed. There was a time when God spoke to Abraham and told him that his seed would sojourn for four hundred years and be evil entreated in a nation, a heathen nation, but he would bring them out with a mighty hand. Now, before that could take place, which God had said, God had to have this nation ready, he had to have the people ready, and then he had to have a Moses ready to to go down there. God makes everything work together right just like cogs coming together. We see it all sometime in the distance and wonder, could it ever be? But it always happens just the way God said it would be. And when the time of the promise drew nigh, there come a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. 
And then at the time of the persecution and killing of the little children, God sent Moses, a prophet, came on the scene. And miracles and signs begin to happen in the age because the time of that age was finished. There come a time where the Hebrew children had to make a stand, whether they were going to bow down to a heathen image or whether they were going to keep their faith in the true and living God. The time came when the decision must be made. And they made the right decision, and God was with them. The time came when the prophet Daniel had to make a decision. Whether he would fail to pray, he would keep the tradition of the religion of that country, or whether he would go his regular custom where he had fellowship with God, raise up the windows, and pray towards the temple daily. And Daniel had to make his, his decision. And the time finally forced him to a place to where he had to make it. God, when he speaks anything, he forces it to the place. And Daniel had to make a decision, and he went straight to this place of worship and raised up the windows and worshiped God. God protected his prophet. God will always do it. There come a time where there had to be the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Isaiah of 812 years before had prophesied that there would be a voice of one crying in the wilderness. How little did the people know it? How little was they expecting it? The ages had went on, and the, and the places, of the idea of the supernatural and the idea of those things had faded from the people's hearts. And all of a sudden, right out of a blue sky, as we say it, there came a fella out of the wilderness a burly-looking fellow preaching repentance and telling the people that the axe was laid to the root of the tree, and every tree that didn't bring forth good fruit was hewed down and cast into the fire. And he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but there cometh one after me. If the people would have been aware of the prophecy of God, they would have known that John was to prepare the way of the Lord, according to the prophecy. He said, I am not he, but there is coming one after me, whose shoes I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire, and his fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floors, and, and gather the wheat into the garner, and burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. And then come Jesus of Galilee to Jordan to be baptized of him. Just an ordinary-looking young fellow of about 30 years old walked out into the water all these years since the time of a child where the angels sang and the magi followed the star. And nothing had been said very much about him. But when he was really to be the Son of God, the anointed Messiah, God gave a sign out of heaven. John said, I didn't know him. But the time had come for who John had been told by to vindicate who the person was. For he said, He that sent me to baptize with water set up on whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining. He's the one that will baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. The time came when that had to come to pass. The time came for Jesus to go into his ministry, for miracles and signs and wonders to be done. 
The time came for the Pharisees to reject him, the church to turn him down. The time came for the crucifixion. The time came for the revelation. The time came for the resurrection. And all these things has time limits. The time came for the woman who had the blood issue. He had waited all these years to be healed. She went to the doctors for many years, but her issue kept coming forth. The doctors give her medicine, and nothing would stop it. But the time came when she had said within her heart, I hear of this one, and I believe him to be the Messiah. If I can only touch his garment, I'll be made ever with whole. And if you believe that in your heart, God's obligated then to present that before you, if you believe it. Now, what if Jesus would have come and she'd looked down to the river that morning and seen him get out of the boat, tired, weary bunch of men, and she said, well, I hear him laughing at him, maybe I'd better not go down. Then it had never happened, but God presented him. And when God presented him, she went and touched and believed because her time was that time. The time came that when he had told Nathaniel back there, if I told you where you was at or what your name was or so forth, and you believe that, you shall, it'll be a time when the dead that's in the grave shall hear the voice of the Son of God and shall come forth. And the time came for that to happen. And he walked to the grave of Lazarus, and there stood the apostles standing around, and Jesus called a man after being dead four days back to life again, because he had said so. Now, friends, the time came for the carrying away of the the temple. The time came for the wrecking of the abomination that maketh desolation. That's spoken by Daniel. And now it's went to the seed. The time has come and passing. For the prophet said there will be a day that it won't be neither dark nor light. It'll be a day, but in the evening time, it'll be light. Now, we'll watch civilization travel from the east. China is supposed to be one of the oldest civilizations we have. And it traveled east going west, civilization has. And now we've come plumb to the west coast and revolve back around. The sun really rises in the east and sets in the west. Now I want to ask you something. If the eastern people, the sun rising in the east certainly shined on the eastern people first, and they received a revival, and that was the Pentecost that had been prophesied for years and years how God would inaugurate his church and send out a group of people that would do great signs and wonders, and the time came for Pentecost to come. They were gathered in the upper room. They wasn't discussing their religion. They were the one accord in one place. And the time came for the promise of the Father. As he said through Joel, I'll pour out my Spirit in the last days upon all flesh. And the time came. And the Bible said, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, There came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. Cloven tongues set upon them like as a fire. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Out into the streets they went, and Peter, standing up, began to preach to them. The time had come because God had said so. 
From that little church went forth signs and wonders and everything. They laid people in the shadow of a man called Peter, a fisherman, who could not even sign his own name. The Bible said he was ignorant and unlearned. But they knowed and taken heed that he had been with Jesus. And they laid people in his shadow, and they were healed, because God had prophesied to his prophets that these things would take place. That was the breaking of the day in the eastern country. Now, he said, the prophet said, there will be a day that it will not be night nor day. It will just be kind of a gloomy, misty weather. The sun went down, but the sun yet shining through the clouds. If it's cloudy, we yet walk by sunlight, but not the fullness, brightness of the light. And then we've come through 2,000 years almost of that kind of a condition where we've had fine churches, organizations, Methodists, Baptists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Pentecostals, all different kinds of churches has come up during this time. And they've had enough faith to believe that Jesus was the Son of God, enough light to look at the Bible and know that He died for our sins. But what has happened? The people have said, but the days of miracles have passed. Why? They didn't have the light on it. They couldn't see it because God said they couldn't see it, and they could not see it. But the prophet said, in the evening time, the sun will shine. It'll be light in the evening time. And now, here in America, the extreme Western country, the greatest of the Western civilizations that I believe with all my heart, is now there is breaking forth an old-fashioned Holy Ghost revival, just like it was in the beginning with the same type of ministry, same signs and wonders, the same divine healing, the same reaction on the people, just like it was in the beginning. For it's the same sun that rose in the east is setting in the west, and the time has come for these things to be fulfilled. And I believe that that's exactly the reason you're seeing things go on the way they are today. It has happened the time. Look, when was the ever in the history, you people who are historians, when was there ever a time that a universal revival started? Since the day of Pentecost, of the phenomena of divine healing and the powers of the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Spirit, when did it ever happen? Oh, every time they've had a revival in a little place, uh, healings would take place or something like that, just in a little group of people. When the Methodists, uh, when they had a revival, they had divine healing. And the Baptists used to have some divine healing. And uh, many of the others, we find out, that had some signs. But if you look, friends, this great universal revival, the fires are burning on every hill of every nation in the world. Right. Great signs and wonders in Korea down there. God raised up some little people down there after that Korean War when they were struggling and having a hard time to make a living, and God has raised up prophets and signs and wonders and a revival that just swept through Korea of an old-fashioned apostolic revival of men and women who didn't even know the Bible. God is able of these stones, said John, to rise children under Abraham. We're at the end time, and that's where we're standing today, a universal revival. It's the sign of the coming of the Lord Jesus. 
He will come, and He cannot come until the gospel's been preached into every nation, and they have at least not every nation received it, but every nation has heard it. When this gospel has been preached to every kindred tongue and nation, then the end shall be. I was so amazed to go way into the dark jungles and back into the places of the lands where heathen sacrifice would be made, and kill a goat and spread the blood over the people and all the carrying on you ever heard, the idols, and find missionaries back there, not, not Pentecostals, Pentecostal too, but Presbyterian and Baptist and Christian, and they had received the Holy Ghost and was doing signs and wonders in the midst of the people. And I said, are you Pentecostal? I said, no, brother, I belong to the Christian church. And I said, you mean the Camelite church? Yes. I said, our people wouldn't, in America, they'd never receive it. But we have found God. What is it? The time has come. Amen. Yes, the time has arrived that God is raised on the scene. The old formal church age is gone. And the time that God is doing a new thing. And he's not only doing it here, he's swept around the world, everywhere, way up into Iceland, into the Eskimos, out into the Indian tribe, way down in South India, Delhi, and in there, and down in there, we find signs and wonders, ministers, have starved out there in those jungles of working and preaching and praying. Not long ago, I talked to a famous man. He said, I'd like to show you something on the communist line. Went down into a little place and sitting in there, he said, I'll show you where they're worshiping. And I'll tell you, it looked like a groundhog hole where they were going down. And when we went into that place, there were people down there praying with their hands up and screaming and shouting and over the place. And I said, my, all these Pentecostals said, there isn't a Pentecostal among them. They're Presbyterians and Baptists and Methodists and Lutherans, and them that's hungered. They've been strained so hard till they've been pressed in, till they've got a touch of God, and they're hungry, and God's filled their hearts with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Pentecostal people, we organize. I call myself one of you, same as I do a Baptist. We've organized ourselves and isolated ourselves, but the time has come when God broke those barriers down, and He'll do it Himself if he, we ministers won't take it to Him. The time has come, and it's at hand now. The time has come for God, Jehovah, to rise on the scene and show Himself. He always does it, just at the junctions of time. And that time is now. The lights are shining. It's time now for me to stop preaching. It's time for me to pray for the sick. It's time that God will fulfill His Word. Jesus said, The things that I do, will you do also? Even more than this, for I go unto my Father. It's time for God to prove that this Word is truth. Not only a mythical story, not like Buddha, where they produce psychology. The Buddhas, the Mamas, and every other kind, they have a psychology with it. But there's not another religion under the skies that can produce the signs and wonders of a resurrected Jesus Christ except the Holy Ghost itself working in the people. Our denominations here, the other day I read a letter from a sister who was with Billy Graham and them down in, in Saipan. 
Brother Moore's daughter, their picture was together in a paper where they had an interview. And as soon as Mrs. Moore said, or Mrs. Price of this now said, when they went in there, here they had a missionary place there, and they began to talk, and Brother Osmond's there and said, now I'll have a little talk with him. And he said, Brother Branham was when I was having a meeting, and I seen the angel of the Lord perform something there that night. And some people from a famous church, the Christian church, went around to Mrs. Moore and said, We are on our way now to America to find Brother Branham to bring him back to Saipan. Said our church, sure, we wrote to him and told him what had broke out down here. Said we're having a real revival. Said we're praying for the sick signs and wonders and said the Holy Ghost is falling upon our people. They're speaking with tongues and showing great signs and wonders all over the place here and said we're having a real revival. The time has come when God has broke the denomination lines and shed forth His Holy Ghost upon the Methodists, Baptists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, and all and whosoever will have a humble, contrite heart. The separating time has come. There's a plumb line. God, you'll meet one side of the line or the other. You're that way tonight, friends, on one side of the line. The time has come that when you sick people, many of you come here tonight to be healed. The time has come for your healing. I say to you that there's not enough man in this world that could come together and do anything towards divine healing for you. And there's only one healing, and that's divine healing. No other healing at all. Doctors don't heal. They don't claim to heal. They set bones and sew up places, but they don't put calcium and knit the bone together, and neither do they build tissue and, and heal the arm and cut or whatever it is. They only sew it up and keep it clean while God heals it. That's right. They're God's servants to do so, just like the man that makes soap to wash your hands with. The same thing. Now, the man that makes an automobile to give you transportation or an airplane. It's just the goodness of God. But God is the giver of every good thing, and only healing can come through Almighty God. Yes, sir. I'd like to see the man that if I'd break my arm, I'd lay it out to him and say, Doctor, heal my arm right quick. I've got to continue on my message. Well, you'd think I was crazy. Certainly. He can't do it. He said, I'll set your arm. Well, I thought you could heal. If you can heal me, heal me. I want to be healed. He can't. The only thing he can do is say, Sir, I can set your arm and get it in place. Almighty God has to do the rest. Try it. He might take a pendic out or pull a tooth out, but it'll never heal the place it comes from. That's right. It takes God. God builds tissue. God is the only healer. And the time has come that you, my friends, many of you went to find doctors here in the city, which Chicago is noted for its fine doctors. And I'm so happy for them and forever clinic and forever hospital. But let me tell you, every time you hear a siren ring and every time you pass a graveyard, every time you see a gray hair, remember that's God warning you that someday you've got to meet him. You're not here to stay all the time. And I'm happy about it. Aren't you? Certainly. The time has come now for us to realize these things. The time has come when God's breaking the boundaries down. And the time has come that the devil is rising up like a... A wild lion going about roaring, doing everything he can. But the great battle is being set 
I wonder what it would be tonight if we could climb above the heavens of heaven and look at this great drama as this getting set together now, fixing to come to pass, of God and the devil coming to a showdown. I'm so glad I'm on the winning side. I'm so glad that I follow the Lamb. Because it said, the Lamb overcame them, for he was King of kings and Lord of lords. The time has come now for you to make a decision tonight, what side you'll be on. And I trust God that you'll make the decision that you'll follow the Lamb. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee tonight because this is the time. Tomorrow may be too late for many people here. It may be too late. For some that's sitting here sick and may die, they may be sinners and not know you. And it may be too late in the morning and just think they'll never have another chance as long as eternity rolls on. This may be the last time that you'll give a call to their heart. Oh, God, in tender mercy, not willing that any should perish but would all come to repentance, I pray thee, Heavenly Father, that just now that you'll speak to hearts in here about their eternal destination and where they shall spend it. Oh, may it come to pass, Lord, that every heart that you touch will raise their hand and make a decision now and say, This is my time, and I now come to the Lord Jesus. And while we have our heads bowed, if the organist will give us a note, a card on the organ, I wonder while we're sitting in your seats where you are, if you feel that just at this time that something is struck to your heart, that it's a time for you to make a decision. From this night on, God, I'll raise my hand to you. I'll serve you. Will you raise your hand to God? Let him see your hand as you put up your hand. God bless you and you and you. Yes, the Lord bless you and you all over. Yeah, 20 hands or more as well. All right, up in the balcony, someone up there say, This is my time. My beloved friends, I may never see you again in this earth. This may be our last time to see each other. But when I meet you yonder, the, the message that I preach tonight will witness that I've told the truth. Jesus Christ, who's here in the building now, will witness in ten minutes from now that I've told the truth. That's right. We don't have, we are one thing sure. Jesus is not dead. Buddha, their God died Almost 2,000, 3,000 years ago, about 2,500 years ago, Buddha died. Muhammad has been dead. Muhammad's been dead for practically 2,000 years. He's in the grave. Every other god or founder of these religions has gone on. But there's only one that's raised from the dead and can be proven that he's raised from the dead. The time has come for a showdown. The time has come where either God is right or God is wrong. So we know that God is right. So you people who've been faithful along the line and believed in the resurrection without even seeing Jesus and his great mighty work, you have the privilege now to know that you've made the right decision. And how much more will you know it when he comes the second time? But you made the right decision. And to you here tonight, men and women, Boys and girls and whoever you are, if you haven't made this decision, put up your hand right now to Christ. Will you say, Christ, I'll lift my hand to you, and by this I want to accept it. And I know I've been wrong in life, but I now surrender all my will to your will, and from this night henceforth I will serve you the rest of my days. I pledge that as I raise my hand. 
God bless you, young lady. That's fine. Someone else, raise your hand. God bless you. Someone else, God bless you. God bless you, my colored brother. God bless you, my brother. God bless you over here. Back here, yes, my brother. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. I see you back there, down here, sister. See your hand. Oh, my hands everywhere. Oh, I want you to put your hand up as it's on your heart. Put it up right now and just see what it does for you. Just see when you raise it down and something don't say that's what you all just done. That's what I wanted you to do. God bless you, lady. Now you feel better about it, don't you? Certainly you do. You've done the right thing. Say, what does that mean, Brother Brandon? It means that you've answered a call to God knocking at your heart. That's it. Knocking at your heart, not willing that no one should perish, all might come to repentance. Could I get some up in the balcony there, surely? Among the young people up there, would you just tonight make your decision? I think of the day yesterday being my birthday. I'm thinking of just seemed like it hadn't been no time ago. I was just a boy. And here I am already 47. How can it be? Passed it so quick. Only thing I look back, I'd become a minister when I was about 20 years old. And now I, I'm just sorry I didn't become a minister when I was five years old. That's the only regret I had, that I, I just didn't speak the word quicker. He knocked at my heart and I put it off. Oh, it just haunts me. I think many people back there had died during that time. Maybe I could have brought some souls to Christ. I'm never all to ever. No matter how many million years passes, there's never another opportunity. This is the opportunity now. Won't you just slip up your hand to Is there someone here who hasn't raised their hand yet? Feels now that Christ wants you to be his servant. What a privilege it is. God bless you, my brother. I see you. And surely God knows and sees you. Someone else, just put up your hand. Just waiting a little longer now. I know the time is squeezing right by, but we are souls. Just think, just one more soul. What would it mean? What if the angels of God would meet me in the vision after starting out the road and say, Why didn't you hold that all over a little longer? I was speaking to your heart and you closed it too quick. Now, what would I say? What if that day them bony hands would reach to me and said, Oh, preacher, I was just about ready to put up my hand, but, uh, but well, see, I want to be sure. And that blood required on me. I want to be clear of it. I want you to be my brother. I want you to be my sister. I'm not offering you something to hurt you. I'm giving you something, offering you the Lord Jesus, the one who gives you peace, life, feeds you, keeps you here on earth, and has done all these good things for you, and longs you to do greater things for you. God bless you, sister. God bless you, brother. Yes, that's good. That's right. God bless you way back there. That's good. God be praised forever. Will there be someone in the pit down here, the orchestra pit? But say, God, be merciful to me. I don't know you. There is. Just put up your hand. God, be merciful. All right. We're going to pray for these just now. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thee. Now, thou has given us the promise that if we ask Father anything in the name of Jesus, his Son, he would do it. And I'm quoting your word, Lord. And if you spoke your word back before the foundation of the world, and at that very moment when you spoke it, your son was slain, and he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, yet it taken thousands of years for it to materialize. 
How great is your word. And here's your word, Lord. You said in your word, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath eternal life. Shall never come into punishment or judgment, but pass from death to life. Jesus, you said it. And you said that it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save those which believe. And I, I have preached the word, and these people raise their hands if they believe and accept. And you said, no man can come except my Father draws him first. Then you did that. And now, Father, upon the basis of your word, I say their sins are forgiven them. They're your children. Because your word says so. And it's been way in the millions of years to come. Someday when the atomic age is at hand now, the cobalt bomb is created, and the whole world can be annihilated in 24 hours or less. And now, Father, someday this old world will rock around, our bones will be bleached in the sands and the tombstones turned over. But we'll be with thee safely on the other side. How glad I am, Lord. How happy I am to know that, to know that these children that thou hast given will come to you. All that the Father has given me will come, and none of them is lost. This is the night. This is the time. So I pray, Father, that you'll take them into thy loving arms now and speak peace to their soul. And immediately after the healing service, may they come forward here, get around the altar, and give thee praise. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Don't you just feel better? Just be honest. Don't you feel real better now? The Holy Spirit just seems to just clean out all the doubt and the dross of the heart. Just makes it new. Now, friends, we're going to pray for the sick. We won't be long. Just a few moments. Now, uh, Brother Wood, where is he at? I don't even know what numbers we get out today. Two, two, one, two, hundred. Three, brother. All right. Now, just some, is there any newcomers here that never was in one of our services before? Raise up your hand, please. Oh, my, just look. I'm so thankful for you. Up in the balcony, is there any up there the first time? First time? Well, thank you. So glad to have you tonight with us. We're fellowshipping around his word. Now, I pray that you can stay just a little longer to fellowship around these blessings. Now, you who believe him and know him and read the Bible, I, my contention is this, that Jesus has risen from the dead. How many Christians now believe that with all their heart? Let's see your hands up. Oh, that's wonderful. Christ has risen from the dead. Now, if he has risen from the dead, he said, the things that I do to you also. More than this will you do, for I go to my Father. If Christ was here tonight in the, in the corporal body, as he was when he comes to make an offering for sin with his own blood, if he was here then or now, he could only be right here. But being that he's here in the form of the Holy Ghost, he's spread all over the world, everywhere. He covers 
Well, just like the waters cover the sea, he's everywhere. And he's omnipresent, we know that. And he's omnipotent, too. And now, if he's here, and his spirit is here, it will have to act in his people the same as it did when he was here, or he said something wrong. I believe that he's here. Now, maybe to you newcomers that's never seen the Holy Spirit moving in the manner that he has given us the way to work with, by foreseeing and doing the things that... Now, to you newcomers, let me say this. Jesus never claimed to be a healer. Jesus said, It's not me that doeth the works, it's my Father that dwelleth in me. We know that, don't we? And Jesus, when he was questioned about passing by a whole lot of crippled and blind and halt and lame people, he said in St. John 5, 19, when he passed through the, the, uh, the gates of the, of the pool, and all those people were laying there, and he had saw a vision that the Father told him where a man was laying, and he went hunting him through the people till he found him, picked him out and healed him and went on. And the Jews questioned him in the 19th verse, listen to what he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself. But what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. Never claimed that he did anything at all in the way of healing the sick or anything until the Father showed him by vision first. How many know that to be the scripture? Would you just raise your hand? That's fine. Now, Jesus was possessed with, uh, had the power of the Holy Ghost in him that he could, the people could be standing in the audience and he could turn around and talk to them like the woman that touched his garment. And he knew the hearts of the people. Is that right? He knew the hearts of the people as God would reveal it, just as God showed him. He knew it. And he went to a woman, and the, the woman one time come to him to give him a drink of water. He asked her for a drink, brother. It's St. John Fourth Pastor. And when he asked for a drink, why, she told him that the race condition was bad and wasn't customary for Jews to ask Americans. And he said, but if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. I'd bring you water. You don't come here to draw. And she said, when on the conversation, after a while, when he found where her trouble was, he said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have any husband. She said, that's right. She got five. She said, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now, this is for the newcomers. That said, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. We know that when the Messiah cometh, you believe Jesus was Messiah? Certainly, yes, Son of God. We know that when the Messiah cometh, he'll do this. He'll tell us these things. But who are you? He said, I'm he that speaks to you. That was the sign of the Messiah. If that was sign of the Messiah in that day, and he's the same today, it's got to be the sign of the Messiah today. Nathaniel, a very staunch man, you might think that woman was a Samaritan, but what about a Hebrew? What about Nicodemus, the teacher? He said, we know that your prophet comes from God or a teacher, because no man could do what you do except God be with him. He said, I don't do nothing until the Father shows me. It was his visions of God that did it. See, the flesh cannot glory, it's the supernatural. And when Nathaniel came, a very staunch man, Jesus recognized him to be a staunch Christian or a believer. He said, Behold an Israelite in whom there's no guile. He said, When did you know me, Rabbi? He said, Before Philip called you when you were under the tree. He said, You're the Son of God. He recognized that was the sign of the Son of God. That's what he was to do. And now, today, he's the same. Now, I want to ask you something. 
if he will come now among his people here and do the same things that he did then, how many will believe on him with all your heart? Raise your hands, ever who you are, new or old. God bless you. Father, thou seize their hands. We know that they are your children. They believe you. And now I humbly submit myself unto thee that thou wilt manifest thyself and show to this audience tonight that the time is at hand. And that's why these things are doing. The Holy Spirit come into the earth in the great fullness of its being to gather up the children from the four corners of the earth to get ready for the rapture. We ask this for God's glory and for the fulfilling of his word. For it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. You with the prayer cards now, beginning with number one, just line up over on this side about the first five of you, don't, so you won't come all together. Who's got one, two, three, four, five? All right, right down here. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And let's end together, if you please. All right, as they go down, if Brother Woods or Brother Jose or some of them will go down and help. Maybe some of them can't speak English or something, and they'll be able to help. Thank you. And now, if anyone has been here and has seen the blessed Heavenly Father, uh, how he gives us of his assurance of his resurrection, and you have to go for the next 10 or 15 minutes, well, uh, if, you, if you go now and just be just real quiet and reverent for a few moments while we are praying for the sick. It's somebody that's in bad condition. And um, I pray that God will do something. I believe we got 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Would you come now? The prayer card, P, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. And now, to all of you that's here, how many is out there that does not have prayer cards, yet you're believing with all your heart that Jesus Christ will heal you? Will you raise up your hand to pray that God grant it? All right. I'll ask you this. If Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, listen, Bible students out there, there's ministers sitting there. I want to ask you something. Now, since he has resurrected, you said, Brother Branham, that woman touched his garment when he was in a corporal body. I want to ask you something. Does the Bible in the book of Hebrews teach that he is the high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities? Is that right? Certainly the Bible teaches that. How you go to touch him, man, with the feeling of your infirmities? Just believing. Then he, as the Holy Spirit, this divine agent that's in us, he reveals it back, just like he did then. Isn't that perfectly harmony with the Scripture and the way the Scripture? How many believe that that would be according to the Bible, according to the working of the Bible? The Lord bless you. All right. How many we got? I see we got quite a group down there now. Have your brother Wood? All right. While they're lying, the rest of them up for time's sake, we'll pray for the sake. Now, if the Holy Spirit does anoint, I don't know that he will, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Will you just sit still for a few moments, look this away, and pray? 
I'm awfully tired tonight. Awfully tired. I've just come from one meeting the other month, eight months, and I've got nearly a month more to go before I have one day of rest. And I, I, I pray that you'll help me tonight, won't you? Just be seated, keep the kiddies near you. Just sit still a little bit. They won't let me stay long. If it can be proven to you that Jesus is alive, then you know every promise he gave is right here with you in Jesus. That's right. So now, remember, it's all praises to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Let's say that together. All praises to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, for his name's sake, and for his word's sake, and for his people's sake, I now take this audience under my control in the name of Jesus Christ, the Reverend, and watch this way, please. All right, sir. Is Brother Woods, would you, is this the lady here? Now, as the lady is walking up to me, as far as I know, she's a stranger to me. I don't know her. She's just a little lady standing there, watching, looking at me. She's the first one. The way he did it, he talked to the woman at the well just a little while, and then he found out where her trouble was. And when he did, he, he told her. And she said, uh, he must be the Messiah, or he must be a prophet, the Messiah. When he come, he would do it. Now, if he repeats the same thing tonight, then he is risen from the dead. That's, that's all you have to know. If he's raised from the dead and you're with us, that ought to settle it forever on. It ought to. Two thousand years, a man died two thousand years ago and still alive here tonight. And that, that settles it. And our religion is not in vain. It's true. The lady, if the audience can hear me, can hear my voice, she seems to be kind of like dimming because between her and I stands that light that's moved in between them. A lady's conscious that something's going on. If that's right, lady, raise up your hand. You're conscious that something's going on. It's the, that angel of God whose picture is taken in Washington is between us now. And he's to, if I can only yield myself to him. And he'll anoint me till the woman's life will come before me, then I will speak it. Yes, I see the woman. And she's bothered with a, a nervousness. She's really extremely nervous. I see her going about and kind of holding her hand. She's upset about something. Something got her disturbed. That is right. And you have uh, a growth that you're disturbed about. And that growth is hidden from the naked eye here because it's your lips inside. That's right. And you're very upset. You're, you're right on your heart, you are a mother, and you've got a, a child that you're praying for. Boy, 
that the boy has a condition in his bowels. I think the doctor says that is ulcerate in his bowels. And the boy's unsaved. He isn't the Christian, and you want him prayed for, and you're holding a handkerchief in your hand for that purpose, for me to pray over it. That's thus saith the Lord. Now, sister, you're, is that true? You believe? Not me, him, Jesus, then he's here, then he's not dead. Then the same one from Galilee is here tonight, right here with you. Come, sister, our kind Heavenly Father, who shows mercy to the millions, and in this last days when the light is breaking forth, the same Jesus that come and brought light. The Bible says, they that sit in darkness, great light has come to them in the Orient in the early days. And those in the West now, the evening time, great light has come. What? The same light is shining again. The resurrected Lord Jesus, as He promised, and you're here tonight. And we thank Thee, and we pray that You'll grant to this dear woman every request that she's asked for. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Don't fear now, sister. Everything will be all right for you. Turn right around to you. It'll be all right. Amen. Just believe. Now, you don't have to be up here. You just have faith once and really believe it and see whether you do or not. Just believe with all your heart. All right, lady, I suppose you and I are being strange to each other, but the Lord Jesus knows both of us. And... He knows all about you, and He knows all about me, and he's, he's the God of eternity. And, of course, I have no way of knowing how sick you are, or what your sickness is, or even what you're here for, and, but God does. And if He'll tell me what's on your heart now, what's on your heart now, will you accept it and believe it with all that's within you? Now, you're standing for someone else, too. That's right. It's a son, too. And it has something wrong with the chest. Chest trouble. That's right. And it's dark. He's shattered. He isn't a Christian. That's right. He's a sinner. And you're wanting him saved. That's thus saith the Lord. Come here, sister. Our kind Heavenly Father, grant to this poor mother tonight the deep desires of her heart as she's standing here knowing that she's standing in your presence, not the presence of her brother, making her this way. And I pray that you'll grant the request that she asked for in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, my sister. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Do you believe? Now be real reverent.
God bless that poor soul. May his eternal blessings rest upon her. What you scared about, sister? A little bit skeptic, aren't you? The little lady sitting there. Oh, you just, I wouldn't feel that way. No. Just be reverent. See, it's nothing, the thing that might come upon you, evil. You believe with all your heart, little lady. Come. Do you believe the Lord Jesus Christ, lady? I don't know you. He knows you. I don't. This is a very time again, as Jesus and the Samaritan woman being two races, well then Jesus let know that there was no difference. God made all man and our skin colors had nothing to do with it. But I see you move away from me, lady. Yes, it's somebody else you're praying for. Your husband. That's right. He's not here. And he's a, oh, he's a dope fiend. And you're, I see him, that's terrible. I will say no more, but you understand. Come, let me have this handkerchief. Oh, Jesus, Son of God, I pray for mercy to be granted, Lord, and bless this poor soul that stands here now and bless that one who is in wait. I pray that the evil will leave and that the man will be delivered through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Will you agree with me, lady, upon this, that it shall be done? God bless you. Then you shall have what you've asked for. Go and may God peace be with you. How do you do, lady? You uh, believe with all your heart? And I am not able to help you. Now, there was a lady appeared right here that I, is a white woman. Everybody just, she's sitting right here, a gray coat on. Got something in your throat you're studying about, aren't you, sister? Oh, why, it's, it's a lady that I know. I, I didn't know that. Uh, Mrs., uh, I forget what your name is, but I know you. That's right. You've contacted God, lady. God bless you. You're scared of cancer. That's right. The lady next to you has something wrong with her wrist. You know, his, the angel of God, the lady sitting right behind with a red tam on has arthritis. You see what I mean? That's right, isn't it, lady? See, there you see. You, uh, you all lay your hands on each other there, each. Oh, God, our Heavenly Father. We rebuke this evil now and pray that in Christ's name that it shall be taken from them each and they'll be made well and glorify thee. Amen. Don't doubt. Just believe. Look this away and believe. That's all I ask you to do. And now, lady, <coughs> we'll... Sir, Jesus Christ can heal you. If you believe that God will take that TB away from you, it'll go. <laughs> Do you believe it? 
All right. As you have believed, so will it be to you. Amen. Now, I believe that God will help you, lady, if you only believe. Will you believe with me now? Will every colored person in here believe if God will... This lady first, I want to ask you, I don't know you do it, lady. I've never seen you, know nothing about you, not a thing. If every colored brother, sister in their room here, that here is one of your sisters standing here, not only your sister, but our sister too, but I mean of your own color. And remember who helped bear the cross for Jesus? He understands. Now, he, the same Jesus that went up to Golgotha, that Simon helped him pack the cross, he's alive here tonight. See, he's just in another world. You don't see him with your eyes because there's television pictures coming to you here. You don't even see them. And he's beyond that dimension. But he's here just the same. Now, look this way, lady. I want every one of you now to receive your healing, if you will, right? While now, there was a lady appeared here before me just a moment. She's praying somewhere. I'll find her. By the grace of God, she touched him then. That's right. It weakened me. Here she sits right here. Right there. Colon trouble. That's right. Certainly. And your colon is a fallen colon, isn't it, lady? Raise your hand up if that's right. There you are. Don't worry. It's over. Just have faith. Seems like it's moving in the audience more than it is here at the platform. It's your faith of doing these things, friend. Believe God. Now to you, lady. You're very nervous. That's right, very nervous. And you get those nervous spells that just comes on you spasmodically, like been bothering you for some time, hasn't it? Sometimes it gets you scared, like you don't want to go places and things. It, it scares you. I see a dark shadow. You started from the house and turned and went back. See? It was a scare. Then you got a terrible hurting in your body, which is up in your chest part. That's right. You believe that. You know that's the truth. And then you've got a, a, a lump or a knot or a growth, and that growth is on your right arm covered over. That's right, isn't it? You believe him now? You will accept the part you're healing now? Will the rest of you, my colored friends, accept him at the same time? All right. Come here, sister. Dear God, who raised up Jesus from the dead and has given us the privilege of having fellowship with him and his word tonight to see the manifestation of his spirit. And now, as you did there, Lord, at the, the Sumerian woman that day at the well, I pray you'll do likewise for this sister and for all those who are sitting near now of her kind. Pray that you'll heal them, Lord. Everyone right now, I condemn the sickness of their bodies in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
How could you doubt? You couldn't, could you? Now, just go be happy, see. I want you to just be happy. You see, if you believe it, then you've got to act like you believe it, you see. If you do believe it, you will act like you believe it. Everything will be all right for you. Don't worry, you see. Don't worry. You just believe with all your heart. Now, you believe however all you colored people believe that Jesus heals you then? Amen. That's fine. Now, here's just a child. I don't know the child. I've never seen her in my life. We're strangers to one another, as far as I know. Is that right, lady? Are we strangers to each other? I don't know you. Now, she's a white girl. How many of you white people, if Jesus Christ will reveal what she's staying there for and tell her what her sickness is or whatever it is, like he does to the others, will you accept Jesus as your healer and know? Do it. All right. May the Lord grant it. Now, sister, I can, now that won't hurt you. There's one thing I can say now that you're a Christian. And you've just recently become a Christian. Just have become a Christian. But you are, you're not from this country. You're, you're not an American. You're a Canadian. You come from Canada. And I see you coming in a green car, I believe, like a Mercury, I believe it is. And you, you are praying for a man that's an alcoholic. It's your father. That's right. And then you've got a little friend that's kind of wears glasses, and you're praying for that friend. That is true, sister, thus saith the Lord. You believe now? You believe you receive what you come for? Come. Dear God, I bless this child in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And may she go from here tonight and receive everything that she's asked for. She's just a child, Lord, in her tender faith. May it be greatly rewarded for we ask it in his name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go rejoicing and believing. Now, I want to ask you something. Each one of you people that believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And now, before you get disturbing, I want to ask you something. Do you believe now without one shadow of doubt? Is all the doubts gone away? Now you believe that he lives? Let's just sing one verse that he lives. Brother Eckberg or one of you would... Brother here, would you come give us a... He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. Will you sing it with me now? And raise your hands to him that he's here. I want you to worship him, you see. He wants to be worshipped. I feel it pressed in my heart. He wants you to worship him now in this song. All right, brother. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me.
just a moment, does he do that for you, lady? Then your heart trouble's gone. Then move off the platform. Does he do that for you, Christian? Does he live in your heart? Are you sure? If you are, then let's raise our hands to him while I pray for you and every one of you be healed. You are already healed. I believe I know this man sitting by you, Gene. I believe it's the man. Uh, uh, yeah. But you're praying for somebody. And the person's got a cancer. That's right. Yeah, I see them standing. Don't fear. Have faith. Sir, back there, you want to go over the prostate trouble? You believe that Jesus heals you now? If you believe it, God bless you, then you can have it. Amen. Anybody want to be healed? Just raise your hands to him. He's here. He's raised from the dead. Now do you believe it? Raise up your hands. Heavenly Father, coming down to the closing of the service, coming down to the spot where you have done all things well, you've done everything good, you can do nothing else but good things because you're God. And I pray thee, Heavenly Father, knowing that this great massive crowd of people, thousands sitting here, how could we ever get one by one when I'm nearly ready to faint now? But, Father, dear, they have seen your resurrected power, and they know that you're here. You're not dead no more. You're living, and you're here as a high priest. And we love you, and we believe you, and we accept you, and we condemn the devil, and we cast him out in the name of Jesus, and we take liberty now to worship the Lord for our healing and salvation, giving him all the praise and the glory through Jesus Christ's name.